Welcome to the podcast one more time. Um, this is the podcast A Kenyan American in the United States where we explore different cultures and pretty much um, lots of topics that affect different cultures in the United States. Uh, we'll be discussing them. Um, today we'll just be talking about how working moms balance their life and work um, just because I just had this conversation with some friends from Kenya and uh, it just occurred to me how culturally and just like in our own circumstances, we're now experiencing very significant challenges, but also pretty similar challenges. Now, I realize that there's lots of different kinds of moms and they all have different kinds of challenges in this time. But the one I'm familiar with is my own um, little niche of balancing work and time and life and just time in this pandemic. Um, and I want to shout out even to single moms. I don't know how they do it. It's It must be really hard because I'm so thankful. Um, my husband Steve is very involved. He helps a lot and it's still very challenging to navigate everything and balance and do the balancing act well. And so, yeah, this is a time that I know Father's Day passed and Mother's Day passed, but I just wanted to be able to ad just show my admiration to all these types of parents. And if you're a parent in any of those categories and you want us to feature your story, I know it would help a lot of people. So please reach out to us. Um, my contact information, it should be in the, in the show notes and I'd love to hear from you so that we can also address your perspective and uh, help all the listeners that are uh, would identify with you. Thank you so much and uh, hold on tight and we'll take a short break and start the next segment talking about these issues. Thank you so much. So one of the big things I've noticed that is different um, since I came to the U.S. was how expensive it can be to um, hire help to come in and help at the house. And even my husband and I, we had daycare before the pandemic hit really badly and we started seeing numbers going around in our community. Um, and so, yeah, it, we we really were grateful for the help, but it was, um, I mean, we had my son in daycare all day, pretty much all day, uh, full time. Um, but I remember in Kenya, we would have help um, in the house, um, pretty much like we had to stay, stay at home help. But yeah, the, here it's pretty much, uh, we cannot afford that. But uh, yeah, we were so grateful for the help because we felt like we had all day to focus on work and not divide ourselves. And um while employers are pretty understanding, but we uh, we realize that at the moment we still have to manage all the expectations and uh, produce. Um, and so, yeah, that was a big difference. Just realizing that you could in different cultures, you could hire full time help. Um, while uh, I know that in the U.S., it's been really helpful to learn that um, all the different ways we can um, customize our own houses and uh, use appliances so like programming the coffee maker to make your coffee in the morning so you don't need anybody to wake up early make your breakfast and uh, make your your day as smooth as possible so there's lots of appliances like a vacuum cleaner to clean your house um, and then just maintain it so everybody pitches in into the house 
I think it's a big part of um, putting together a house. And uh, the fact that we were able to have those moving pieces together, we've been able to um, go into that and use those to become even more efficient. Um, also, just while I'm thinking about it, uh, becoming efficient, uh, Steve and I, the other day, we were just talking about how much more time we had before we became parents. And even before the pandemic hit, um, we were still feeling like we had much less time. Um, I remember we were, we would watch certain TV shows at night, had time to have like a, a long dinner and watch TV shows if we needed to and have long chats. And now we have to be very systematic and efficient with our time so that we can arrange, um, like block out time to have dinner together and um, uh, be there for bedtime and uh, even assign, like uh, combine each other's calendars uh, and make sure we're not scheduling on top of each other's important. Uh, there's negotiables and non-negotiable meetings and things like that. So, uh, yeah, we were just realizing how much more time we had and how much less intertwined our schedules were. Um, but I think this has really helped us to be able to work together a lot better, to collaborate. Um, because as personalities, we both are very independent. We had lots of like very independent systems going and uh, with everything that's happened, we've, I think we've gotten much stronger and we've been able to work together. So I like to look at silver linings and things like that. And I think even in this pandemic with everything that's happening, we might be able to take out a lot um, that we can keep going um, later overall in our um, in our ongoing sort of in our ongoing lives uh, after the pandemic has hit and it's over. Uh, so yeah, one category that I like to think about is um, certain apps that have been amazing at just kind of making things a lot less uh, stressful and more efficient. And uh, a lot of these are scheduling apps and also uh, reminders. Um, so some some apps are free and some are not so there's lots of them uh that could be compatible with like either the android phones or iphones or a pc versus apple um but um in case you are at a loss there's always excel templates uh, but some of the ones i use include monday.com trello um there's microsoft project uh, then there's good old Google Calendar and just like your phone's calendar. Uh, and then there's a, an app also called Todoist. Um, and depending on those, I like the ones that sync with my calendar and just let me know everything that I need to do. And then during that time, especially when I'm doing things related to writing, I have a blog. Uh, check it out. It's com. I also have a professional blog called... Um, moneysmartphd.com um, so whenever I have to write for those or peripheral work related to that I also turn my phone to um, do not disturb so airplane mode and I've just managed to be able to be a lot more efficient I've also realized like whenever I schedule those times I have to pay attention to um, exactly what time of day that I am more likely to be extremely um, productive and uh, I've realized that I write a lot better 
um, if I wake up early, do my routine, do a quick short workout just to get myself to feel in the mood that I'm waking, I've woken up. Um, and it's pretty low impact, nothing too serious. Have a cup of coffee. And then by around 11, 10 to, 10 to uh, between one, 10 to 1, I, um, uh, I have already started work. So by 8, I have had my workout. And then by between 8 and 10, I'm strategizing. I'm thinking hard. I am putting together like concepts and structures of what I'm going to write or work on. Um, usually, it also depends on the time of the week. Early in the week, I'm setting the plans. Um, and so between 8 and 10, I'm doing all the like structure, writing out the skeleton structures of what I'm going to write. And then by 11 to, to around 1 or 2, depending on Steve's schedule, um, that's when I like to schedule uh, meetings if it's my choice. Um, but because some of the clients I work with are in Pacific time, um, there are days when uh, Steve and I have to switch. Uh, so we work either morning schedules or evening schedules. And so that's why we have to sync our calendars <laughs> and use all those different apps to make sure that everything is pretty uh, smooth sailing and nothing is going to be dropped like for example, like um, our money's short, um, immunization short. So there's things that we have to make sure we make it to. Um, and we've uh, structured, we've figured out a way, especially with the COVID going on, um, certain regulations change, like you have to wear masks. Um, you have to park a certain place in the car. There's like the sick section and the just the places where kids are coming in to get their shots. So somebody needs to be keeping up with all of that before even the appointment shows up so that we are doing the right thing and showing up on time. Uh, so yeah, we use technology and it, it's been really helpful for that. Uh, if you need any more detail on that, uh, definitely reach out. I'm happy to, I could even write a blog about it or uh, put together a YouTube video. I am actually also on YouTube. Uh, my name is Grace Kisirkoi on YouTube, the same name I have <laughs> normally. Um, yeah, so that's the first point, um, embrace technology and work with your partner or support system, um, sync your calendars, um, take advantage of your village to, uh, make sure you're syncing with all of that while of course staying safe. Um, social distancing so make sure you're staying safe and keeping up with all of that um, another thing I've realized now parents are having to contend with teaching their kids um, and I, re I know there's lots of ways you could do that so um, I was actually surprised uh, this is another contrast between uh, Kenya and the US I thought it was really interesting and um, liberating that people have a choice uh, whether they're going to take their kids to regular public school system, private, charter, or just homeschool them. Um, and I realized there's lots of support systems around this, even face Facebook groups, um, especially the parents who are homeschooling. They figured it out. They've got the, um, all the right equipment. And uh, there's even some that do unschooling. Um, there's some that do... They, let their kids travel around the world and sort of have them learn from experience. So all this liberating and various perspectives that people have of teaching their kids, I think this is a time 
to pull together, use technology as well um, to find support groups. Who So first educate yourself and figure out which ones of those, there's so many different facets and which ones of those align with your family values and then find the right support group. And of course, use your syllabus as a guide. So what is your kid's grade curriculum? Um, so refer to your state's website for all that information and your, your school. I'm sure they'll send lots of guidelines. Um, but I know that's another thing to schedule. Uh, but there's lots of resources and support systems. So yeah, just don't hesitate. This is a time that we're all trying to... Um, stay afloat and people are a lot more willing to reach into their humanity and and help and depending on what community you're in in the u.s um, some communities are pretty used to handling educating their kids and a lot of the posts i'm seeing on social media on some groups i'm on with parents they're feeling very overwhelmed with that um, and so yeah i just realized that this might be a thing to think about for lots of parents, um, especially now that it's pretty up in the air whether or not schools are going to open for the rest of the year. Um, other resources that uh, people have had success with using, depending on your kid's age, is also um, on, site, on online learning sites. Uh, so depending on your kid's age, some of the ones that I've heard, uh, so sometimes I tutor genetics and biochemistry um, and uh, depending on the kid's age, if they need to go back and uh, fill in some fundamental gaps in knowledge, um, a lot of them use Khan Academy, um, there's Coursera, there's MIT OpenCourseWare. Um, there's, uh, if your kid is really young, there's also ABC Mouse, uh, even Khan Academy kids. Um, so yeah, there's out there, there's lots of technology. Um, but again, work with your teacher, your kids' teachers, your school. Um, they already have lesson plans, book books put together. And uh, also some parents that are already homeschooling. Um, there's support groups with that that can just show you the structure of what you need to do just in case you have to take over that yourself. Um, and then again, that works around scheduling with your 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 um your significant other or your support system, whether it's the grandparents or whoever uh, or you're bringing in a tutor. So whoever you're using as as part of your support system, um, to support you during this, it's more of a crisis now uh, that we're all managing and trying to make sure that we come out ahead. Um, yeah, so those are just some ideas. Um, that's the second one in that category. Um, but of course, so I forgot to mention one thing um, while I'm thinking about it. Uh, this might be a confusing time also for kids. So it's really important to think about that. Um, it, uh, while we might want to tell kids that they have to do their homework, they have to stick with everything right, um, if anything is seeming sort of off like it's it's seeming off with your kid uh this is a time to be really empathetic and uh try to get to the bottom of what's happening what's going on in their mind talk to them about the situation and you'll be surprised kids actually want to be part of solutions if you talk to them like they understand so um there's lots of resources that are explaining to kids how that are explaining to parents how they can talk to kids about the pandemic 
in a very kid-friendly way that doesn't stress them out, um, having these difficult conversations. Um, yeah, so that's something you shouldn't shy away from as a parent. Um, of course, approach it are also with your support system and find a way that's more of a consensus So, because kids might ask one thing to different people. So you want to make sure that whatever they're being told with such difficult conversations that you've um, sort of agreed upon um, just like a consensus on exactly what the kids are going to be told because this is a big change for them uh, and it's really not the time to try and uh, force everyone to stick to a schedule. Uh, if I know it's hard for everyone, but uh, this is the time to try and be a lot more empathetic and see where we can um, address whatever issues that we see in our, in our kids from the actual source, like from the cause rather than the symptoms. And I think our families will come out a lot better in terms of learning to communicate, um, learning to help in the family. And uh, since I really, I'm really into personal finances, I think this might even be a great opportunity for kids to learn about three main buckets of uh, keeping up with their finances because I guess a lot of people are also saying that their kids are worried about their parents losing jobs if um, some parents have actually been on unemployment. And so this might be a way to just turn that around. It, I know it might be a hard conversation for lots of people, but this is just a moment for them to learn um, that you, when whatever money you make, you can either um, save it, you can invest it or give it. Um, there's many other things, but those are big. Um, and a good way that I've seen lots of parents talk about how they do that is uh, sharing chores. So they've got like a job board and they've got like appropriate chores that their kids are able to handle. And then um, they talk to the kids about investing, compound interest. And I think anybody I've heard who understood compound interest in their 20s, 30s, 40s, they always say they wish they knew earlier because even a little bit goes a long way um, once you understand how uh, when you start saving really young and investing, um, increasing in compound interest really could increase your money um, and give you a lot more liberation down the line. Um, yeah, that's just, I think we can all use this learning opportunity. Uh, and I know I'm not minimizing how serious it is, uh, but we're all going through it. And the kids that we are seeing today are the ones who we are going to put our hopes in to fix any repercussions from the economy. And I think we can plant that seed really young. Um, we are the parents now, it's our time. And so we can plant that seed really young and help them out. Um, despite where our cultures are from, I think this is a great converging point. Um, yeah, that's another, like a big thing I, I saw is, is an opportunity for parents with kids who are, have the appropriate age uh, to handle such conversation. Um, another thing, again, that I think is really important is to have a set schedule. Um, I know even whether or not you've, uh, if you still have your job and you're working and uh, managing everything, or you might have lost your job, it's really important to stick to a schedule as much as possible. 
or more of a routine because our schedule is very uh, rigid, but uh, maybe stick to a routine of um, if the kids were used to waking up at a certain time, um, they need structure. So um, kind of stick to the same routine, have breakfast together, um, talk to, to each other, uh, and then highlight like every aspect of the day that you're going to do or majority of this, like the main structure of the day. And with that routine, it will guide you into having less of a decision fatigue. Um, these I've actually realized it includes going down to the nitty gritty of what I'm going to wear. It's very tempting on days when I don't have like um, to be on camera for like a Zoom meeting or like a remote workshop. Um, it's tempting to just maybe stay in my pajamas and be comfortable. But that just kind of leave, I've noticed like it leaves me in sort of a state of a mind fog because I don't feel like I've actually started working. And um, so, yeah, I'm just realizing that if I wake up, have a routine, take a shower, um, get dressed as if I was at the office and have a dedicated workspace. Um, and in that dedicated workspace, when it's my shift, so Steve and I take shifts, when it's my shift to work, um, we actually realized that it works so much better for each other. So when it comes the time to switch around the shifts, if we are um, keeping the area where we work, we both work as separate from the area where um, everything is else is happening, like where um, our toddler is going to be. So it's a separate room. I know for some people it might not be possible, but just designate maybe even like, a section of like the dinner table um, during work time and at that time you know that that parent is off limits and they're busy unless something is a complete emergency. I've even heard of card systems where some parents have their kids um, kind of if it's a complete emergency we need to call 911 something major is happening they slide like a red card under the door or just like show them a card um, if it's something that, you know, we'd love your attention, I know if you're finishing something, you need five minutes, you can take five minutes, but you need to come and give it attention. They give the parent a yellow card. If it's just something that, oh, I just want to give you a hug and tell you that I appreciate you, like something sweet, but they need your attention um, or just something to show you that they've seen, that's a green card. And it's at that point, it's you, the parent can decide oh, when I take a break, maybe go take a a cup of coffee I can go talk to my kid about this so um, having them be part of that uh, that system I think it can really help so involving the kids um, you know we give kids less credit um, than we than you think and I think they are a lot more able to be if they feel included they're a lot more able to help us in this time so yeah they are they can be part of the support system of course with an appropriate amount of um, expectation. So of course, not too much, just in a way that they feel like they're, um, they're being recognized and they're being seen and they're being sort of, because they're living this reality as well. Um, yeah. So, uh, another thing that you might want to address, I think it's, I, I think we're trying to address with, uh, Amani is, uh, make sure that all the usual, um, so the people that he is used to talking, so um, like the grandparents or even our friends, um, 
and uh, we used to such different time zones and everybody's time has been pretty much reduced but we try to schedule so for example i sometimes would have my friends from kenya and um, by the time whenever we talk it would probably be like once a month and we'd end up talking for like two hours um, but now we've ended up to where we still want to do that at the frequency we like to do it but we schedule it at a time when we know okay this is not going to take more than 20 minutes everybody's time is less but we still want to keep it up so that um, if your kids are used to seeing maybe their friends at a certain time um, try as much as possible to also uh, learn about how to plan virtual events and have them um, just like still reach out to them because you don't want them to grow apart or just feel isolated because that's also a big part of mental health and sometimes kids may not even have the language to tell us how exactly they feel about this big adjustment um to be honest we think our son amani uh loves being home um he was okay at daycare but i think with toddlers they probably love that they have their parents to themselves and they're enjoying it um but i can imagine kids who are older who are like teenagers or uh, like middle school who are used to seeing their friends and i've even seen people who had just moved from across the like the us like i've had friends um who had moved from california and they're now here they've got middle school age kids they don't have much of a village um this is your time to just Think about your neighbor and if you see someone who's trying to reach out to you, even on social media, of course, be careful with scams, but just try to be a bit more supportive as you can, a bit more helpful as much as you can. Of course, safeguard your personal information because there's also an uptick in scams and phishing, like people who are phishing for your information. So um, just a balance and listening to your gut and intuition. Um, and being smart about that while still being really kind because um, there's people in those situations with kids who are trying to still maintain that contact. Um, at least we've got the virtual pieces we could use. Um, I know a lot of people are using this app called um, House Party. Uh, of course, depending on the kid's age, uh, you want to be as careful as, as you can be to make sure that you are... Part, um, you're chaperoning them um but yeah just it's a i think it's a good time for parents depending on uh, whether you're a millennial or elder try to think of ways we can meet our kids in this time and i know that's probably taking on yet more things um but i, I think that eventually think about it we after this pandemic after we've all learned all these things cross-cultural things i think there's like very different cultures between different generations how much closer will we all become um, in a family and how much better will we become at communicating? So I think there's ways we could turn this around in our families to become a strength. Um, and um, I think that's a big part of people just working together uh, as a family. And um, the main purpose of me saying all this is that I think kids can be a big part of this like making things easy for everyone um, because in their capacity as kids they want to they're curious they want to learn they want to feel seen they want to feel like um they are part of a 
part of the family um, and um, I'm just learning this from my friend and so I'm realizing that even back in Kenya that a lot of kids are now taking up like baking for fun um, or even just activities at home that in the, in, uh, some kids were not very interested in and this is a big opportunity that people are seeing that their kids are like flourishing into complete like very interested in for example like pen pal writing i actually saw an amazing program where um kids were writing um like pen pals for an old people's homes um what is it called like a uh nursing home so because it's also very isolating in nursing homes and kids also feel like they need um to contact to be in contact with them and so their handwriting um notes um and having pen pals i think that's so cute and just like a great uh side effect of all this that we're able to start to go back to that and um like write that down uh, and some people are also getting into journaling um and yeah so i think there's so many opportunities um, even if you don't have kids, I know the majority of this has been about kids. If you don't have kids, I think this is also still an opportunity to streamline your life. And um, because lots of people are realizing how isolating this situation is, um, even if they don't have kids. Uh, and so, yeah, we can streamline our life and uh, just convert with all those opportunities to uh if you see somebody reaching out in the community of course while safeguarding your personal information um there's lots of open opportunities for us to do that um another thing that i think a lot of people are having fun with is lots of kid activities and online resources that people have been able to use so I've seen a lot of uh, virtual museum tours. Um, a lot of them are even around the world. Um, and uh, I think this is a big opportunity. Um, a lot of places that you would have to pay for to actually get into are now giving people virtual tours um, or even like a virtual exploration. Um, so even just within the U.S., I have seen the San Francisco Exploratorium. It's offering activities to help kids to understand science behind viruses, how they affect the human body, and how we can protect ourselves against the infection. And um, you, as you can imagine, this would be an intriguing moment for kids because they'll probably be asking that. And um, I know I've heard people who, and I mean, of course, I'm not here to mom shame or judge anyone, but I've heard people just kind of um, say something sort of like, just, you know, manufacture an answer that just so that the kid can stop asking too many questions. But I think this might be an opportunity, a teachable moment. You never know, maybe your kid might start becoming very like obsessed with science once they understand wow, that's what this is. It's a virus and this is what it does, of course, with appropriate language. And so there's museums that are helping with that. Um, there's also the Nature Museum in Chicago. It has videos and activities and it ha it's helping to acquaint kids with like the natural world, inspire their curiosity and plants around animals and animals like in their own backyard. So yeah, you never know what you could end up with after this whole situation. 
Um, another thing I'm, I, fo I actually forgot to mention, crash course. Uh, I have a lot of fun with, uh, sometimes I just want to, um, with understanding, like for the other day, uh, I was trying to really get to the bottom of how like the world was happened because I didn't learn any, th any of that in Kenyan history. So yeah, I was watching crash course. Um, also just like lots of different historical figures, um, yeah, that's one of the places that I've also really enjoyed their resources. Um, yeah, and uh, I would love to hear from any of you what you do, uh, even including, of course, there's fun. You can do some fun stuff like relaxing. Um, there's online crafting, uh, creative coloring. Um, there's even like, uh, it's like a blogging for kids uh, but of course you have to be for that you have to be very careful what uh, what site you're using um but a lot of parents so if you if your kid doesn't like hand journaling which some people are kind of preferring that a lot more um you could probably have your kid write about their experiences and say this is a big part of history um just for fun um, or even uh, story time from space. Um, and this has been sending kids um, books to the international space stations. So uh, where the books are read on video by astronauts as they orbit over like hundreds of miles. So these uh, kids are finding this like a lot of fun as well. Yeah, so there's a lot we could be doing um, to sort of alleviate the effect and i don't mean to add any more to what you're already doing i can imagine it's probably overwhelming but i was just thinking that uh, in case you are trying to figure out like how you can make sense of all this because just like the uncertainty i think is what people struggle with like not knowing um like if we don't have any clear answers as far as are we going back to school or not are we opening or not? And um, of course, scientists, uh, like nobody has like, the exact answer, but based on what scientists are saying, um, we are deferring to them um, with the numbers that are escalating. And uh, I, I know that this must be hard, but uh, I think that we can set up systems, just take control and set up systems that um, it's not like we're waiting to be told, but a lot of these systems once we have them running it, it just becomes plug and play and you never know like this could be something that makes it very like a streamlined experience even post-covid yeah so i hope this has been helpful to um to all of you guys uh and i love hearing back from you guys so if you have any any suggestions what you're doing how you've managed to um just handle the situation like a boss or even any struggles um, and we can feature your story and uh, interact with each other from the community of listeners. Again, thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys hanging out with me and I look forward to um, being with you again in the next episodes. All right, have fun. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It is free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.